I was told when I get older all my fears would shrink But now I'm insecure and I care what people think My name's Blurry Face and I care what you think My name's Blurry Face and I care what you think Who did you vote for? What stances do you take? And what side do you support? All normal questions for the average American in today's world. What isn't normal is that people may immediately make a decision on whether you're on the so-called good side or bad side in politics without an explanation. Imagine that you've just been asked to take your political stance publicly, and the results of what you say could control how people view you and work with you for the rest of your life. You obviously can't make everyone happy, but you also can't stand on the sidelines. What's your move? Hi, I'm Ethan Montgomery, and I'm back with the second installment of the Gen Z podcast. Today, we're going to be looking into a new incident with Kevin Plank, the CEO of Under Armour, and a similar situation that happened to him about his stance on politics. What's different, though, about this black and white example that I asked you is that this wasn't as black and white, and there was more to the story. But we'll get into that. First, let's get started with listening to Mr. Plank's comments about the 2016 presidential election. First off, your impression of the man himself in that in that context. Yeah, uh, I think he's highly passionate. Um, he definitely it's, you know, to have such a pro-business um, president is something that's a real asset for this country. I think people should really grab that opportunity. He loves to build. I don't think there's any surprises here. You know, when you. Look at the president. So he wants to build things. And he wants to make bold decisions. And he wants to be decisive. And I'm a big fan of, of people that operate in the world of publish and iterate, you know, versus, you know, think, 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 think. So there's a lot that I respect there. Um, but, you know, I think there's, you know, there's a lot of voices out there and a lot of people that uh, a lot of constituencies in the United States of America. Um, there's a lot of things that are issues that are coming up that are very serious or very deep. Uh, they're not quite as simple as um, uh, going to be solved in just a day or, or two or, or one piece of legislation. So I, I'm, I'm encouraged by that debate. and glad America's you know, engaging it. Steve say This is a very important interview because it's an example of a high-ranking CEO who represents an entire company as well as other athletes, being that he is the CEO of Under Armour. And immediately on Twitter, what happened next is – Athletes especially started speaking out against Kevin Plank's comments. I'll point you from the CNBC interview now to a Sports Illustrated interview about Stephen Curry. Steph Curry still supports Under Armour, despite the CEO's support of President Donald Trump. Earlier in the week, Kevin Plank told CNBC that President Trump is an asset to the country. But what was Curry's response? Quote, I agree with that description if you remove the E.T., end quote. Take away the E.T. from asset, you have, well, you know, Curry. You've got ass. But what's interesting about this is that we don't know if Stephen Curry even watched the interview. What did happen, though, is that on Twitter, many Under Armour customers as well as athletes reacted to the soundbite of that Kevin Plank said Donald Trump is an asset to the country. Now, there, this is one of the most divided elections in, in United States history. However, it doesn't get rid of the fact that sound bites are a real issue and that the words that we use are, can divide us even more than our, than our stance. 
In this instance, Steph Curry was not alone in his backlash. Many Under Armour customers ended up boycotting the company for a short while, and Kevin Plank had to do something about it. So the next day, he took out a one-page article in the Baltimore newspaper supporting his statements and further explaining them to show that he was not all about President Trump and, and everything that he stood for, all his beliefs, and that he was purely talking on a business standpoint. But because the majority of these people who saw it were looking on Twitter and saw the soundbite that was in quotes, President Trump is an asset to the country. And to a lot of people, these words without context can mean a certain thing and immediately make, have them make a snap judgment on, on who this Kevin Plank guy is without even knowing. And this may not seem like a big deal, but as we move forward and as our world becomes more publicized and, and posted about, it brings up some very deep questions that, that will end up guiding our future. Like, to what extent have sound bites influenced this new phenomenon of fake news or misleading news? In this instance, Kevin Plank's soundbite from his interview was taken and it blew up on social media without people having to go to the, have the audacity to go and actually watch the full interview and really listen to what he's trying to say, that he doesn't agree with everything Trump says. Secondly, who is actually okay to express their beliefs? Further on in this podcast, I'll be talking about a woman in Silicon Valley who is a devout Christian and doesn't feel comfortable expressing her Christian beliefs and values in the workplace. But then again, there is so much push to be accepting of different groups that maybe haven't been accepted in the past. But what about the ones that have who are now facing scrutiny? What do we do with them? And what is the definition of a safe space now? And, and who can really be accepted in one without being looked at differently. Kevin Plank might have been seen as a Republican or a strong Trump supporter if those two go hand in hand. But what really is, is safe in a safe space and what can you say without offending people who are getting scrutinized? So one of the main questions I wanted to kind of investigate was who kind of has the right to free speech and um, essentially like how does someone in the spotlight navigate their free speech and what steps have to be taken to do that. Um, so the way I, I kind of looked into researching this was um, using my interview uh, opportunity. And with that, I interviewed um, a family friend who um, is named Barbara Bukovac. She works as the vice chairman of the Mid-Central Region for PwC, which is a consulting services um, company that works with a lot of other clients. Um, and those are usually companies to do taxes, accounting, and um, other services that they might need a professional firm to, to work with. So now I'm going to get into the interview and um, I'm going to start with the introduction and get into some more deeper questions about my topic. So could you give me a brief background on your career and then current position? Yeah. So um, my, my current position is I'm the vice chairman for the Mid-Central Region for PwC. And um, that role is responsible for clients 
in the market for all of our services that we provide, including consulting, tax, and insurance services. Um, my background is that I'm a, I'm a corporate tax partner. Um, I've been with PwC for more than 30 years. Um, I've been with, um, or I've been a partner for almost 20 years. Yep. Yeah, and, and grew up in, uh, in the Midwest. But, um, but I've worked in industry, and I've also worked in our Boston office. Gotcha. As far as you've noticed, um, especially in your current position, um, what are the types of political stances that are accepted in, in corporate culture as a whole? So what you've seen in your company and maybe other companies, but just as a general basis, who can tend to express themselves openly and be accepted and maybe who can't? You know, on the political side, I think um, you have to be very careful about the opinions that you state because the personal and the business sides really cross quite a bit now. Your lives um, or your life crosses quite a bit. Um, it used to be that you could keep like your personal life very separate from um, the professional side. Yep. Okay. But, but I think with social media and um, and with technology the way that it is today, um, where everybody can find out everything, um, there is so much of a crossover that you don't know uh, whether when you're saying something whether that becomes then the brand of the employer that you're working for, yep. if that potentially taints that or becomes that becomes you become the spokesperson, like what you what you said for for the company versus you being your own personal um, opinion or observation. Sure. And and so um, I think you know, especially when you're considering um, political. Um, opinions. I think you have to be extremely cautious um, when offering those, and uh, I, I really do think it's 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 become probably uh, a lot harder to have those conversations, uh, you know, t today versus historically, um, it, where you know again you're not tainting. Um, you know, one side or the other. Um, and you have to, and especially in, in our business, um, we have clients that have, um, you know, political um, backings, um, yeah. and 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 also that they're backing particular um, candidates and ideas that might be helpful to their company. And so we also have to be really careful about um, not, you know, causing issues for them um, yeah. because they they don't like that either. I mean, in terms of us coming across as, as basically saying that we don't agree with that, uh, um, we don't think that they're uh, as focused on social issues or, or what have you. Know? So, so we have uh, external 
communications managers um, and leaders that help us mm-hmm. whenever we're doing um, any kind of thought leadership, blogs, uh, speeches, you know, to, yeah. to really make sure that we're not crossing over lines that, that yeah. might be, um, you know, contentious or, uh, or even that people might take it wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, because we, we don't want to be in a situation like that because we do work with so many different companies. Exactly. I mean, PwC, just the amount of clients that they have and, and the vast, I guess, backgrounds of all, of all those clients definitely um, interfere. But as the kind of middleman in the position that you're in, uh, providing services to all them, it's definitely, I think, more of a neutral position um, right. as a company. So, uh, yeah, I totally understand that. So what I kind of got from this is like a hands-on perspective of kind of how somebody in a position of leadership and, and power um, per se kind of handles the spotlight and, and what they do with their free speech. Obviously, this isn't the same magnitude that a public company like Under Armour would have, like the CEO, um, Kevin Plank. Not the same situation by any means, but um, definitely she offers a really unique perspective especially um, being a part of a company like PwC, which works with so many other companies, they have to balance, as this is said in the interview, they have to balance their stance uh, very carefully in order to keep relationships good with their clients. Barbara Bogovic's perspective is a lot different than someone like Kevin Plank, obviously. Um, Under Armour is a better well-known company and definitely more in the spotlight because of their unique position with athletes and endorsements and other stuff like that. However, while it is different, there are some similarities as we've gone over. Um, but they both have unique problems and unique solutions that they need to, to kind of get through these problems um, or avoid problems. But um, I want to now look back deeper into the Kevin Plank incident, specifically with um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson and his comments on it. He uh, took a different approach in responding to, to the soundbite of Kevin Plank endorsing Trump, um, or at least what it looked like. But he um, said, I appreciate and welcome the feedback from those who disagree, in parentheses, and agree close parentheses, with Kevin Plank's words on CNBC. But these are neither my words nor my beliefs, he wrote. I partner with brands I trust and with people who share my same values. That means a commitment to diversity, inclusion, community, open-mindedness, and some serious hard work. Um, This, I think, at least in my eyes, presents a much different view than someone like Steph Curry when... um, Instead, he just said on Twitter, he thinks that the president is an ass. Obviously, people are going to agree more with both views, and everyone also has the right to what they want to say. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it just shows the difference between the two. And um, kind of like the differences in, in how people could react to like a, a general person, spectator almost, um, to these situations. Uh, I think The Rock um, understands the position of, of Plank in a position that he is, representing so many people and that he's entitled to his opinion, but um, 
someone like Stephen Curry uh, went on to explain that he thinks that Kevin Plain should be uh, talking about politics as a representative of the company and of him, maybe. Um, and both those are, again, valid, but we just have to continue to work um, as a society to, as, to try and find what we are going to be able to accept and, and not accept um, when it comes to free speech. People like Plank aren't extremists um, by any means, or at least it doesn't seem like that to the public eye. Um, but I think like he is a fairly normal person and um, is active at a fairly normal level. Um, he's definitely a public figure, and at, at times he does need to speak his mind. However, uh, it kind of begs the question, like, how, how far can he go without it really affecting him? And that, that's been kind of the question that's been coming up um, in every uh, kind of part of this, this incident. Um, and even with Barbara Bookovac, she talked about what she has to do in order to censor herself and, and what steps she has to take um, in her work and in her personal life and how those aren't really separated anymore. And um, whether you like it or not, social media is definitely a factor in that and, and what you can say and um, what's going to affect you. So it's it's hard now to kind of be productive and, and be decisive um, without possibly offending people. Um, and we have to go, be really careful about how we choose our, our words and also as someone who's listening to people who speak these words, how we choose our information. If we want to immediately make a snap comment without doing our due diligence, that's maybe a little ignorant, um, but again, that's very realistic as uh, we've definitely witnessed in this soundbite incident with a lot of the people um, that did support Under Armour now boycotting it. So, um, while it is maybe a problem that we can solve, that there are still people that that act on snap judgments. So I kind of want to take a step back and, and look at everything we've got now. Um, and what, what I kind of see is that, like, in order to make change, obviously, people have to stand up and, and stand out. And there's going to be people on extreme sides of, of activism and totally censoring themselves. But I, I don't think the world really would, would go around without people that that do stand up to make change and, and sacrifice what they have to make change. Um, and these are the people that would possibly lose jobs to, to stick up for what they believe in. Um, but I think that for the majority of us, um, it, we aren't, we don't fit in that category and that the bottom line is um, you really have to think hard about what you're going to say um, in public because again, as, as I've said a couple times in this podcast as well as, Barbara Bookaback, your personal life and, and professional life are intertwined now, whether you want it or not. Um, and the, the reality is you're, you're not going to satisfy everyone. But uh, if you believe in what you're saying, then I think that's the bottom line here. Um, you kind of have to foresee the impact of what you say before you say it. And I think that's something to keep in mind at all times is, is think before you say. I, a lot of people know that, but it still rings true here. Um, and yeah, you, like decide whether the risk of what could happen um, as a result of what you put out there publicly is worth the consequence. So whether that's a job or 
maybe losing something that might closing doors um, that might might have been opened in the future that uh, just something that you have to consider especially for people in generation Z were very active uh, on a lot of social issues and we've seen that um, and I think that the in tandem with the growth of, of social media we've become more active um, but will what we're saying now affect us when we enter the workplace or how will that transform the workplace that's kind of want to want to explore um, going forward to next episode is is what are these what are these um, transitions kind of look like when we take over kind of like where is this going to shape things in the future but I'll leave you with some time to think about that as I will too and I'll check you next time Wish we could turn back time to the good old days when the